0: enjoy this segment from our 2022 Boise Reformation Conference with Dr. Joel Beaky and Dr. Derek Thomas as they answer questions about the church. All right. Well, let's get to the questions. All right. So, if brothers, if you were writing a letter to the American Church today. In the style of Revelation 2 and 3, um, you know, where Jesus says, I know your works, your toil, your patient endurance. So he commends them on one hand, but then he says, But I have this against you. So he admonishes them. What would you commend the American church for, and what would you admonish the American church for?
1: I mean, the first thing that I would say is that. Those letters, whilst they were written to seven uh, churches in Asia Minor going around in a circle, are meant to be timeless, and I think, whilst the specifics differ, the, the general tenor of what Jesus is saying to those churches would be as true of churches today as they were then. So, there are churches where he would commend their good works. And there are churches where he would say, you have lost your first love. Uh, there are churches where the, the, the Jezebel and, and, and Balaam that he warns of in those letters would take on a, a specific form today. Uh, one thinks, for example, of deviating from the Reformation doctrine of justification by faith, and the so-called new perspectives, which has affected a lot of our constituency, on, on, at least on its fringes. And that is a very serious threat uh, from, from which the church needs to repent. But I also think of things like wokeism and, and gender issues. Um, is it possible to identify as a gay celibate Christian? And that debate is taking place, I know, in the PCA. Um, and I think that Jesus, if, you're, if he were writing today, would have a great deal to say about some of those issues. Um, but I, I do think that the, the generalities of those seven letters are, are as applicable um, to the church of the 20th century. In um, I wonder what letter he would write post-COVID. You know to various churches, and you know it's it 's easy to be judgmental and to look back and and, and so on um, but I, I I do think I do think that there would be a call to wake up these are these are testing times um, there is a narrative for control in our society, and to control. All of society, including including the church and and, and Christians, um, I, I think the letter would would perhaps um, comfort as well as encourage endurance in trial and persecution, because trial and persecution is coming. If the trajectory goes the way it's going, it's it's within our lifetime that. Um, it's going to be hard to stand up for the truth of the Scriptures on many, many issues.
0: Dr. Beaky. Yeah,
2: I agree completely with that. I recently preached through the book of Revelation and I was amazed. In fact, I published it as a book that I think is here. Um, I was amazed at how current and how applicable the seven letters were to the church today at the same time you know your question is very broad to the American churches when I go to the American churches the ones that invite me I find a large variety I also find a large variety in churches that don't invite me (laughs) so I think you know the seven letters were written to individual churches and each individual church has its own letter. So it's, it's rather tough to say what would Christ write to the, the whole of American churches. But I think there are some churches that he would really write like he did to Sardis and say, you know, you, you, you're rich and, and, I, and I love you and you're faithful and you're godly and you're concerned about the things of God and um, please press on and, and so on. And then there would be certain things even in that church he would no doubt admonish. But churches vary a lot. And um, I think one of the things overall, generally speaking, that he would write to the churches in America today is, I warn you against your worldliness. You think you can have... Christianity and Christ in one hand and the world in the other, and you're trying to go to Zion, trying to go to glory with both. And you need, to, you need a sharper antithesis in, in your life. Uh, when I look back at my study, of my lifelong study of the Puritans, and compare them with the churches today, even many of the Reformed conservative, so-called conservative churches where people attend church very faithfully, um, there's, there's, there's too much toleration. Of, of sin. And I think Jesus would point that out. Just to take one example, say you watch a movie on TV for an hour and a half, and there's uh, seven sexual innuendos on it, 12 murders, uh, coveting all throughout, a host of sins, probably 50 to 100 sins shown to you in that movie. Puritans would say, when you saw the first sin, you should turn it off. Because you as a, you're as you a silent participant in it. Don't let, don't let the world's agenda and sin, the monster of sin, uh, impact your life. And so the attitude of the forefathers and also I think of the saints of the New Testament was that the smallest sin is greater than the greatest affliction, a greater evil than the greatest affliction. And we've lost sight of that today. We think that a small sin doesn't, doesn't really matter all that much. Or if I see someone sin, for example, in a movie, that I'm somehow detached from that. Don't poison your mind, I think Jesus would say, with the things of this world. Be like Caleb, follow me fully. So I think that's, that's one thing he would say. The other thing I think he would say would be to the many, many tens of thousands across our land who found the doctrines of grace and who are reformed in their soteriology, I think Jesus would say, keep pursuing full-fledged biblical reformation also in your worship. So that your entire worship would be grounded in the Word of God, and that you would uh, sing Scripture, and pray Scripture, and think Scripture, and preach Scripture, and, 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 and give in accord with principles of Scripture, and not have a mixed bag where the pulpit sometimes is sound, but the music, for example, isn't. But I think Jesus would, would have a lot to say about our, about our worship in America. That we would worship God in spirit and truth across the board. So worldliness, um, low views of sin, worship, I think those would be some of the key areas. Because once we have low views of sin, slight views of sin as the Puritans would say, we will soon have slight views of Christ. If Christ is really the Savior, we are calling him out to be from the pulpit. He demands our whole life. He demands us to live lives like Caleb who followed God fully. He's either worth everything or he's worth nothing. And our argument is he's worth everything. So live fully for him. And I think that's the message that we need to hear today.
0: All right, next question. What are some encouraging developments You can tell us about the church from around the world. Okay.
2: When I I go around the world, I find that, in general, a very dark place is continental Europe and the U.K. somewhat, although the conferences I get invited to tend to be bright spots. But it's really sad in Europe to see... Whole nations that before were permeated with Reformation truth have less than 10% of their population even attending church. But the good news is that in Europe, those Christians who are robust and solid tend to be very solid and very robust, even though they're sometimes discouraged. And the tragedy in Europe as a whole is that when you go to preach in different places, Often there's more people with gray hair than not. There's not very many children and families and not a very good concept of God's uh, covenant faithfulness and establishment of Christian schools and building it, bringing up children in, in home and school and church in a way that is consistent with each other. In Latin America right now, it is extremely amazing. There is a, a, a real revival, a real reformation going on. It's still a remnant, but thousands and thousands are coming out of Pentecostalism, both in Brazilian, Portuguese-speaking country, as well as in uh, the Spanish-speaking countries of Latin America. And our seminary, for example, is getting really, really tied to uh, a lot of... Uh, Latin American countries and seminaries, and they want the reformed, robust, biblical, doctrinal, confessional, experiential, practical ministry. That's very, very exciting for us. And uh, it's the same thing with the book ministry. Reformation Heritage Books has now opened up a, a Spanish division of our ministry because we want to ride the cusp of that wave of, uh, of concern, uh, uh, spiritual aliveness in discovering the reformed faith that is running through right now colombia chile peru argentina and so on so that's a really bright spot in the world today that has has a lot of possibility for mega mega amounts of people coming to the reformed faith africa is a hit and miss there's a lot of hunger in Africa, but tremendous need for instruction, in my opinion. And there are one million ministers in Africa that would love further training. It's just amazing. The average minister in Africa has nine books in his study. And so, we have a ministry in which we, we take donations and we send we send crate loads of books, and we have avenues in Africa where we can get them to the hands of ministers. They're craving for the reformed of faith but they know very little about it. But any any book. The thing is if send the wrong books, that will move them in the wrong direction. But there's some bright spots in Africa. Uh, certainly Zambia is, is the number one spot. Yeah, I'm sure you've heard Conrad Mbewe preach and Ronald Kalafungwa and other guys are just wonderful preachers. God's doing a good work there. It's spreading a Macaño Theological College In South Africa now has a thousand theological students throughout a lot of uh, African countries teaching this solid Reformed faith so there's some encouragement there and Asia there's Korea was very bright it's unfortunately a lot of the biggest Korean churches are now following the patterns of American televangelists tragically but there's still a lot of faithful churches in Korea They tend to be smaller, and by smaller I mean uh, 100 to (laughs) 2,000 compared to the big churches. China of course is just a huge movement underground, and persecution is getting a lot tougher there. But God is faithful, a lot of Chinese students in the seminaries over here, there's some encouragements there. And then you've got of course Australia, some some pick up there recently, Uh, New Zealand. Overall, not too much going on, but there is a large conference there of 1,000 people. And so there's some encouragements there.